Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to light some incense for this conversation. That's a really good idea. I have a candle lit in front of me and a glass of wine and some incense. The trifecta, I call it. This is how I stay sane right here. And as you do it, I'm going to drink my glass of red wine. No candle, no incense? I don't have incense, but I do have a candle I can light. You should do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the only gal with a candle on this podcast Uh uh-oh brb i love this incense so much it smells like campfire oh i remember you would like that oh yeah i used to light it at home when you lived with your bbg my child your honey child oh this is a cozy vibe right here ready to light ready never been more ready i've never been more ready what's that from i think you just made it up no There's some movie where the person's like, I've never been more ready. Oh, I've never been more ready. Are you ready? I've never been more ready. I feel like there's just a common phrase that like people say in movies. (laughs) That's true. It's not like one revolutionary line. I mean, I don't know, but I feel like it. I looked it up and it was like, I have never been more ready is a common phrase in English. If someone asks if you are ready for a difficult task, like, are you ready to go for a bungee jump? You say, I've never been more ready. Oh, yes. Huh? (laughs) It's just common. Did you say yeshked? (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) Listen listen back to that when you're editing this episode. I guarantee you said yeshked. (laughs) I swear to God, that's what you said. (laughs) I swear, Persis. No, I didn't. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, I yeah, I've never been more ready for a bungee jump. I feel like that's um, it's a bad example. Mine would be like, "Are you ready for it?" (laughs) Is anyone else really like shamelessly excited for the Taylor Swift like re-recordings of her albums that she's doing? Like, I. I know it's the same shit that's just recorded now instead of like 10 years ago, but I am so excited for the next one. It comes out next month. Sign me up. I'll be waiting in line. I'm really excited. I'm really into the new Wildest Dreams, even though it does sound the exact same, but I love it. I know. It sounds the exact same. And I listened to a podcast that was breaking down like the Fearless re-record. 
And they found all these differences that I was like, and I was a super, Taylor Swift super fan back in the day. Like I knew the album Fearless, like the back of my hand. And I didn't catch these differences that they were like, did you notice she goes slightly up on this note? And before she used to go down and I was like, y'all, you have way too much time on your hands. So it is slightly different. I want to try and do a comparison. Um, okay. <laughs> Sarah loved Taylor Swift so much. She sent or showed me a memory she had from Facebook when she, um, that she wrote on her status like six years ago. <laughs> okay. Not six years. Six? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't even know which one you're talking about because I used to just like write Taylor Swift lyrics on my, on my Facebook status. Like I was that girl. I was that girl in school. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what made me laugh so hard. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't six years ago. Sorry. I think it was 2010. Sarah wrote, this is me swallowing my pride standing in front of you saying I'm sorry for that night. And I go back to December all the time. But for some reason, the part that killed me was she spelled swallowing wrong. Oh, I did. I didn't even notice that. You said swallowing. <laughs> swole. I'm swole, bro. Um, that one's pretty good. But the better one is like 2008 or something or 2006. And I wrote this Facebook status that was like, I love Love Story by Taylor Swift. And I wrote, I spelled Taylor with an E on the end. And I had like just discovered her for the first time or something. That one is iconic because it started like a decade of loving her. I still love her. And actually, Purse, this is kind of a good segue to our topic today. Okay, I want to know if you're thinking what I'm thinking. I'm thinking this is me swallowing my pride, standing in front of you saying I'm sorry for that night. But I go back to December all the time. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Is that what you're thinking? So when you think about Taylor, do you think about, you know, breakups, hardships, heartache, reminiscing? Absolutely. But also, number one, the most important thing is moving on. <laughs> yeah. So moving on is what we're talking about today. The art of moving on. The art of it, because it's a process. It's a process. It's an art. It's something to be studied. And it's something you work it's a practice. at. It's, it's something a practice. you work at. And it can be moving on from anything, moving on from relationships, moving on from trauma, moving on from accepting yourself, maybe, whatever it is. But Persis brought up maybe talking about this. And it made me really excited because it's something that I'm working on right now. And I honestly need all the help I can get. So I'm like excited to open up this conversation. And hopefully you guys listening have some thoughts about it as well. Because we're not going to be speaking as the experts here. We're going to be speaking as two people deeply in practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's we, we can learn from it. There's so many things we can learn from experts. But I'd even want to touch upon things that like I've done for myself to help myself move on from really tough times. And I'm sure Sarah has some, obviously, like she's going through it or even things in her past where she's like, I did this and this helped me. But I'm excited to get into the conversation because the reason why I also brought it up to Sarah was that I thought moving on is something that I think is like everyone always like sometimes wants to know the answer. Like I have straight up so many points in my life have Googled how to stop 
loving someone or how to let go. I'm not kidding. Or Googled it. That's amazing. Well, yeah, Google. Yeah, totally. That's a place to go and get some information. Yeah. I was literally Googling being like, what do I do? Because I reached a point where I was like, I cannot stop. I can only think about this particular person. They are living in my head. And I was getting frustrated because I felt that I was on pause and everything else just kept moving forward or like they were moving forward, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and I was like, maybe we need to talk about this because I would have wanted to listen to a podcast with two people speaking out about this, maybe speaking about their experiences and offering advice if they have any. I was like, I'll take it (laughs) because I don't, no one likes to feel that, no one likes the feeling of being stuck or feeling Mm -hmm. like they're stuck but it's the most refreshing feeling when you can finally let go of something. Yeah, and I think a lot of times what happens when we're trying to move on from like relationships or someone we dated or whatever, it often feels like it's almost a race or like a competition or um, like a comparison who's moving on faster or who is doing better than the other. Um, And we can so easily look at what someone else is doing on social media or like, even just what they're doing in their life or how they're showing up in a certain situation and think like, oh, they've moved on or they're moving on faster than I am. And that's not always the case. It's so easy to like hide how we're feeling. And I think what you said about like moving on being a very like solo thing, I think that's kind of why it's such an interesting topic because we compare our moving on to other people or how we're moving on. And at the end of the day, it's like a completely solo journey that can't be compared to what anyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you can't, everyone is so different and everyone deals with things differently. And we have to respect that. Absolutely. But I think you are like a very, we've talked about this many times. Persis is a very emotional person. She feels things deeply and she wears her heart on her sleeve. So for you, I've noticed just being around for the last decade that moving on for you is really hard. Mm -hmm. I hold on for longer than I think I should for situations or people. Yes. I don't even know how to like dive into this topic because it's so big, but I guess we can start with like, what does moving on mean to you? Okay. This is specifically for me because I think we've even talked about this and I'm going to talk about really, I'm going to make mine about like romantic relationships. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, this is a podcast about like sexuality and queerness. And so we're talking about moving on from a lover. Okay. Cause that shit is not easy. It's not. So moving on to me means finally shedding a heaviness or, um, those romantic feelings for a person in your life. Like that's, that's what it does mean to me. Like I've moved on. I've let go of the romantic feelings because what's interesting is that I have a tendency to um, maintain sometimes relationships or friendships with people I've had in my past. Right now I can name a few people who I do have like friendships with, with people I've also had like romantic connections with. But when I Name say, them. no, oh, okay. but okay. <laughs> when I say I've moved on from them, it means like I've let go of the romantic relationship. It doesn't mean I'm friends with all of them. There are people I could tell you right now, I actually don't speak to anymore or, and not that it's on bad terms, but we just, 
there's no relationship anymore. There's no friendship. There's no keeping up with each other. It just kind of, we let it go. But the thing is, what's interesting is that I do find I have a tendency if I'm not allowing myself to give myself that time to heal and give myself space from the person once it ends, if I try diving into a friendship with them right away because I just want them around and nothing bad necessarily happened, like it just didn't work out or maybe something bad did happen, but I'm like, it's okay, put a Band-Aid on it and we can move Mm -hmm. on from it and just be cool. Mm -hmm. That is so detrimental to me. Like there was a situation where I did that with someone and it, I, I couldn't move on as much as I kept telling Mm -hmm. myself in my head. Yeah. We're friends. We're friends. We're friends. Nothing's happening. I subconsciously was still holding on to the feelings I had for her and that Mm -hmm. did me no good. So recently I was almost repeating the same pattern in another situation and found Mm -hmm. I can't do that because I'm going to find myself in the same boat. So Mm -hmm. I really am giving myself space to heal and not trying to be the person who's like, we got to be friends right away because that doesn't work. (laughs) I'm so proud of you to hear you say that. And being your friend for 10 years now, I've seen this pattern, obviously. And you've had a lot of your friends, including me, kind of like sit you down and be like, I'm noticing this pattern. I don't know if it's good. It seems like it's maybe hurting you more than helping you. You've received all of that and really like absorbed it and just allowed yourself to like go on your own journey. Like you've never, I don't know, you've never denied that you're doing that. You're just like, you've absorbed it. And I feel like you've really grown over the last few years and realizing like, you know, these patterns actually have been hurting more than they've been helping. And it's so good to hear you like putting it into practice. Yeah. Because it's really hard for you. Like you want people to stay in your life. And that is completely understandable. Why wouldn't you? You you really love this person. Like you you feel a connection to them. And why would you want them to be out of your life? That feels awful. When instead you could be pals, which is like, if I understand correctly, a pretty common thing for queer girls, especially, they'll stay friends after they date. Yeah. And I mean, there can be a bit of a line. I think it's like you might not jump into being like best friends with someone. Sometimes you can. I've never personally done that, but sometimes you can. But the way I view it is that I think it's only healthy to start to become friends with someone or build a relationship with them when you actually don't have a desire to sleep with them anymore or um, like there can be um, even just romantic emotional feelings but I guess for me the main thing sometimes I think about is like okay you can still have such a strong feeling for this person and love them so much as a friend I would like confuse that a little bit sometimes because even I'd hang out with them and be like no, but I just really love them as a friend. It's not romantic feelings of me wanting to date them. No. But then I'd be like, wait, but Persis, do you like want to, would you sleep with them still? And I think it depends because I had this conversation with Camille and she was saying she thinks it's really toxic if you're friends with someone and you want to sleep with them. Mm -hmm. And what do you think of that? Um... Toxic if you're friends with someone who you want to sleep with. I think it really needs it needs more context. Like I think every situation is so different and it all comes down to how it's affecting you. If it's affecting you negatively, then it's toxic. 
And if you're purposefully affecting the other person negatively, then I think it's also toxic. But so what if, if it's, it's just not... like a friends with benefits, like like truly, like truly that's the scenario, I think that it might not be toxic. Okay, but what if it's like you had feelings for someone in the past or whatever and things happened and then it didn't it didn't work out and you're single. Yeah. Let's say you were hanging out with them still, you have no desire to be in a relationship with them. You know that. It's not going to work out. You you don't want to be in a relationship with them. You also aren't actively trying to sleep with them. But if you hang out with them, grab a drink, whatever it is, you'd still be like, "Yeah, I still am attracted to you." Because I don't think attraction always goes away. And it doesn't mean you're acting on it or it doesn't mean you're both doing anything. But if you were sitting there being like, yeah, you're still attractive to me. Do you think that's healthy to be friends with them then if you almost in the back of your mind still have that desire? I don't know. Like my my first instinct wants to say no. My first instinct wants to say like, it probably is doing more damage to me than I'm realizing if I'm like secretly attracted to this person and would still want to sleep with them. But I think it, I think the question you have to ask yourself in those scenarios to figure out if it's healthy or not is like, what am I get? What am I getting from this relationship? I think like some people will do what you just said. Some people will like stay friends with someone that like it's not going to work out with for reasons that are unhealthy, like they want the attention or they want the affection, like the unrequited affection or whatever. And I just feel like it comes down to like, is this a real, is this a real authentic connection that we both get value from as people, as friends? And that's really rare. But if that's the case, then I think it could still be healthy. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on the kind of person you are. Like, I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm being so wishy-washy right now but when it comes to this kind of stuff like it really does depend on the situation and i think the thing that that you've run into a lot is that the kind of person you are is a person who feels very deeply and those feelings they don't go away in a month two months three months four months they they stick around and so it's like acknowledging the kind of person you are too and whether those feelings are really hiding in the back of your heart or not Mm -hmm. and i think It's just kind of like taking a look inside and being like, am I benefiting from this or not? And also, am I hurting the other person or am I not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, you're benefiting and no, you're not hurting the other person, then maybe it's okay. Right. Does that make sense? No, no, no. It's interesting. Because I wouldn't be lying. I'd be lying to you if I said like people who I don't really feel like I want to be with anymore. Sometimes it's like, you could still be attracted to them. It doesn't mean I'm like going to go act on it. But I'd also, I don't think it's that bad if I'm like still attracted to someone, but would hang, because I can separate that. Do you know what I mean? Can you though? This is the, this is the question that, this is, I think, an interesting question what we're talking about is can you separate attraction from your feelings you have for this person? Because I think, for me personally, and I'm just speaking for myself, those things are very tied together. So if I'm saying like, oh, I'm just, I'm just attracted to them, it's a lie. No, I have I also have feelings for them and I would find it hard to like be around them just as friends. But that's speaking from my own perspective. I, I used to put it two and two together, but the more I've been thinking about it and some things I have experienced, I realized 
I left a couple situations being like, no, I kind of separated that. I didn't leave a situation I remember with someone from my past being like, I'm in my feels for them. I left it being like, I had a lot of fun with them. Yeah, I still think they're really hot. Doesn't mean anything's going to happen, but I was able to separate it because normally I'd be like, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'd be like sad for a few days or something because, and then thinking Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that because I'm just going a million steps back. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's a sign of just maybe also realizing of like what kind of person I actually really want to be with in a relationship because I would often confuse my like crazy feelings of infatuation and love for someone when I was like just meeting a girl who just seemed to check all the boxes in a physical sense for me because I for a long time was finding it hard to meet women who I felt that way for and they were actually like into women all this stuff but now I've been thinking more about like I actually really want to be certain about the type of person I actually end up with so I don't know I was able to set i just from personal experience, was able to separate that. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there's a difference between attraction and thinking someone's hot. Mm-hmm. Well, attraction there is. To there me is. is so much deeper. Attraction to me is like, I'm not just attracted to how you look. I'm attracted to who you are. I'm attracted to how you talk, how you treat me. And so attraction feels like more of a that's why attraction is so tied to my feelings for someone. Whereas I could see anyone on the street and be like, you're, you're hot. Yeah. But then it could be like, you can still be really attracted to someone yet not want to be in a relationship with them. Yeah. I feel you. You know, I think it's still, I think just like why Camille was probably saying that and what, what it usually comes down to with you in particular with like, because the situation Backstory for everyone listening, this situation has happened multiple times where, like Persis just said, she'll have a thing with a girl, it won't work out, and they'll stay friends, but but Persis will be like, it's totally fine, we're just friends, and then a few months later, she'll be like, okay, no, I still like her, like, to be honest, I still like her, and I'll be like, I know, and then you'll be like, the next month, no worries, like, it's. T- I promise you it's gone, we're just friends, and I'm not saying this to, like, make fun of you or anything like I think that so many people do this I've done this before like it's so normal because we want the person in our life but we don't want anyone to think we're idiots like we want people to take us seriously so of course we're not going to be like talking about openly about how we're still in love with someone like we keep these things to ourselves because we want to protect ourselves so I don't think it's I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary but I just think like like I said, it has to come down to like, is it benefiting your life or not? And if you're still infatuated with this person, it's probably hurting you. Yeah, I agree. I think, but I think also it, there's a lot, like, I think infatuation with someone is, is crossing a line, but I think when you can still have like an attraction for someone, but they're not, cause I'll, I'll be just straight up, I guess, like speaking to everyone. I'm, I'm a very monogamous person. So like, if I'm really into someone, I'm very into them. Um, That's just how I've kind of been all the time. And I've noticed that and I've learned experience. I've gone through some experiences, which made me realize, oh yeah, girl, Persis, you're, you're very monogamous. So yeah, good, good that you experienced (laughs) that thing because then, you know, yeah, it's so cool to figure yourself out. It is. But lately I've been doing a little bit of growing and it's not to say that I don't want to be monogamous anymore. I'm still putting it out there. I am a monogamous person, but lately I haven't been so tunnel vision. I think that's the word of like, 
usually if there's like one girl on my mind, I truly would have tunnel vision for her. It's like, I wouldn't be thinking of like anything else in terms of romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. But I've recently been kind of separating like my infatuation for someone of being like, no, I acknowledge, acknowledge, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me today. Um, it's all growing. I've I've acknowledged that I've been able to kind of separate it because normally I was a person who was like feelings. Everything came with everything that came with sex also came with feelings involved. Really liking someone, you know, falling really hard, really deep. Um, but then, like not long ago, I was actually like really thinking about it, like separating it and not feeling affected. I was like, I still. <laughs> like your wine glass yeah you were like excuse me you're not listening to me (laughs) i don't know it's just it's just interesting how i think we can change and have these different perspectives but that's how i feel i feel like you can be attracted to someone but and that's it it doesn't have to be anything else as long as there's no toxicity of like doing anything that's going to hurt the other person because it's not good but i think you can still like have that and be okay. It's not like it's unhealthy for me to be your friend and be attracted to you. I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. so. I don't think it's the worst thing. If it's taking over my life and maybe affecting me from moving on to someone. Totally. Sure. No, totally. Yeah. No, I think what you're saying on a base level is true. You can be someone's friend and be attracted to them. hundred percent. I think I guess where I'm coming from is just thinking about you specifically and your experiences. And maybe that's why I get a little bit tied up with the fact that like, you you haven't been able to separate that those things in the past, but it's really good that you're like working on it now, and it's going to be a process. But the fact that you're thinking about it and like putting it into practice, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the best I have in so long in terms of like moving on because I okay, that's so good. What the hell? Wait, this is a new story because you were not feeling this way like a month ago. No, I wasn't. Okay, tell me more. I just had a situation where I felt really upset. Like your girl was sad. She was like, sad. Really mm-hmm. sad over a situation with someone like, yeah, I want to say a few months ago. Yeah, maybe a couple months ago still, I was very like sad. I don't know. I just wasn't doing too well. I was feeling very affected. It was someone I really, really liked. <laughs> um, <laughs> she gets nervous. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I think me compared to a year ago, was able to kind of do the steps, like the actual proper steps that I wouldn't have done in the past. And that actually really helped me. And I'm feeling really good right now. Not to say I'm like walking on sunshine, like the happiest person on the earth. Obviously I still have, sometimes I have some moments where I'm like, Mm -hmm. that kind of sucked, which -hmm. I think we all will sometimes. But when I think about me, like, and Sarah, you can probably think think of this, like me, like 2019, early 2020 purse. is very different than me now. I'm very much like at peace with how things went and how things had to end and not dwelling, not, I'm, I'm moving on. Like I'm actually doing the steps to like move on because I want my life to move forward. And I, and I feel like what I've done in the past is I've just like sat there like stuck and also not motivated to move forward because I was so upset over something mm-hmm. when it's not doing me any good to just sit and be upset. <laughs> no, of course not. And also, like, this is just so everyone knows, this is like new information to me because I swear the last time we talked about this, you still weren't doing well. So 
I am like over the moon, so happy that this is how you're feeling now. And I'm genuinely, all, all I want to know right now is what those steps were. Like, please give me those steps. I will give you the steps. the steps. Do you want to know what I actually, I literally like took initiative to really, really do this. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I want the steps. Like I need them. I need help. So like I said before, one thing I sometimes didn't do in the past, and I think I made this mistake with a past person a couple years ago, I really did make this mistake. So I made sure I didn't make this mistake again. I actually gave myself space and gave myself time to heal. Meaning that I wasn't checking that person's social media. I was not reaching out to them. Truly, I was like, I am going to not like pretend that they don't exist because I can find that can be like a little bit much. But yeah, I was, I was giving myself that time to myself to be like, you're okay. Like, I think... Social media is a big one because yeah. I have a thing where I'll see someone post something or I'll see something on their Instagram story and then I get like instantly affected. Mm-hmm. So actually what I did was I muted them for like a little bit. That's what you got to do. Listen, that's what you got to do. It's not mean, it's necessary. It's just the out of sight, out of mind mentality because I was like, like I said, nothing against them. They didn't do anything wrong. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh God, like maybe it would just help if I muted them because I think I just need that time to almost pretend like I don't see their stuff because I'm feeling like sad when I see it. Yeah, of course. You know, so I did that. Um, <laughs> another funny thing was that I was uh, <laughs> remind yourself of who, who you are, who you were without them or mm. what life is like without them because mm. when something affects yeah. you so deeply to your core, it, sometimes it doesn't matter like the time, like the amount of time you've been with someone, you could be dating someone for years and years and years, or you could have been seeing someone for a few months. But regardless, like that person would have had an impact on your life in some sort of way. But when you're feeling so down in the dumps or so upset, remind yourself, like you had a life before that person. You have, you've had really good times before that person. You have a ton of friends before that person. Like, yep. I don't know. I think it's often really easy. Like an example is me is like when I really like someone, I become very like focused on them. And sometimes it's hard for me to see the bigger picture. Yep. So that's a good one. Just remind yourself, what was life like without them? Maybe. Yeah. Not a really good one. Life wasn't perfect, but you were also doing fine. Yeah. And it's also funny to go back in your mind to a time before you knew the person. I think that's funny. I think it's actually really beautiful to acknowledge like one day I didn't even know this person existed and then the next day I did and then everything changed. Like they they genuinely changed my life and took me on a different trajectory and I think that's so beautiful and it's kind of cool to go back to that and be like literally this one day I didn't know them and the next day I did and to know that on that day you didn't know them you were fine and that you'll continue to be that person that you were Mm -hmm. the day before you met them you know I think about that all the time I actually found a video I think or a picture I, I found some something that was from the night that I met my ex Mm-hmm. And it was like a few hours before we met. Mm. And I had taken this video or this picture. And I remember being like, I just love, I love that like nostalgic feeling. I love that feeling of looking at that and being like, 
this I had no idea I was about to meet someone who would change everything for the next few years of my life and that's so cool and exciting and I can be that person again and I can be that excited about the prospects like that could happen again a million times over and there's so many opportunities to have like that kind of like magic happen in your life I think that's part of the part of it too part of the moving forward is like if that happened once it can happen many many times again mm-hmm. not even a question not a, yeah. not a question that that's gonna happen time and time again and it's kind of like we have a lot of options like even in a psychic reading I did have we were talking about like future scenarios and my the psychic um shout out to Aaron Aaron medium I think that's Erin Medium. We can we can give her a shout out in the the show notes. I think that's like her link or whatever. But wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Like she is a medium? Yeah, but her thing is like Erin Medium. Like if you search her on or it's like oh, life. Like that's her handle. Something like that. Okay, never mind. Sorry. I thought you thought her last name was no. Medium. No, no, no. And no. I was about to make you feel so stupid. Okay, I'm back. No, she's a psychic medium. <laughs> okay, God bless. But she was explaining something that was so cool to me. We were just talking about like future scenarios and she kept saying how my life can go in one way if I, there's going to be someone you meet and you can choose to be with this person. But she does say, I see another energy coming in for you. But it's like, it's truly up to you. Like you are in charge of your own life and the choices you make and the path you choose. And she said, you, you, you know what you want. You just have to go for what you want and what feels right in your gut nothing's ever set in stone. So just think about it. Like you in that moment, hours before you met your ex, like, let's say you didn't go out that night. Like, like there's just so many opportunities, like for us to meet different people in our lives. So I think Mm -hmm. a reminder, a helpful way of moving on or remembering that is to know, like, you're going to have, there's going to be other opportunities, other prospects. And like, it's exciting to kind of know that you have that power yeah and that can happen to you i think that's really cool that is cool yeah and i like the idea that your choices can change everything me going out that night changed everything when i could have decided to stay in or i could have decided to go somewhere else or whatever and i think like it helps you feel a little bit more in control as you move as you move on into like a life without this person or this thing. Yes. Yeah. You have control over even if things seem kind of like serendipitous and like out of your control, they you really do have the control to make the decisions in your life that are going to lead you to new things. Mhm. We were the ones in the driver's seat. Hell yeah. We're the leading ladies of our own life. Yes. Mm. Um, actually, another thing that really helps me is is really listening to sad music. Oh, okay. Sad music specifically. All right. Yeah. And I did and say- How does so that help you? New Adele is coming out November 19th and I can't wait. Oh my God. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to listen without like bawling my eyes out. I know, but I think it helps me because I think we sometimes need to do it. I feel like there is a there is a point when you want to just like, have fun and listen to fun music, upbeat music, like go out with your friends and like, Mm -hmm. but I also think it's good to feel the sadness. Mm -hmm. I think you should allow yourself to. Otherwise, if you don't, that'll come out later. I think it's good to reflect and be sad 
feel all the things and get that cry out. I think you, everyone needs to do that when they're really feeling it for someone and went through a really hard breakup. So true. Like sometimes you just got to sit on your living room floor or your bedroom floor or whatever and just like cry it out and just feel it, feel all the things and then pick yourself up and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And this one's really hard, but cutting off communication. It's like very game I feel like that's the hardest one. I feel and like it, the hardest one because it's like so easy these days to communicate. Mm-hmm. I could communicate with someone that I probably shouldn't communicate with right now if I wanted to while we're talking. Easy. Send a text, send a DM, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest thing. Like it's, it's so, so easy. tempting. And it's in your hand all the time. Yep. Yep. But it's that truly like anyone will say this, even experts will say this. Um, like, yeah, it it's not easy. And it's not like you're being rude to the person. It's not like you're saying, I hate you and I don't want you in my life. But ha- that's the only way you can move forward. And I, that's why I think that was a learning lesson for me too, is um, to stop constantly communicate, communicating with someone you did have a romantic relationship with, because you're, you're going to keep talking to them and it's, it's going to be like, things haven't really changed. Yes. Maybe you're not together, but you're still in each other's energies. And like that, that subconsciously will, they'll be in your mind. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not going to fully be able to let go mm-hmm. and deep in your part, you probably should be you should be letting go and you should be moving on. Otherwise you're still stagnant. And it's also not doing the other person any good either. Both of you, if you're still in constant communication with an ex. Yeah, totally. I think out of sight, out of mind is really, is like truly helpful for me. Like if you're like not in my environment, like even virtually or physically, then I really do, I am really able to like detach myself from you. It's that's one of like the most helpful things for me. Me too. I feel that too. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to like have the willpower to make sure that that stays that way. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like something that I really struggle with, and I feel like maybe this is embarrassing to admit, but I bet you a lot of people listening are like, yeah, me too. With moving on, is I have this like. If I'm thinking about a person, I want them to be thinking about me too. Mm-hmm. And I'll be tempted to reach out to see if they're thinking about me or to maybe give myself some false acknowledgement that they were thinking about me or something like that. And it's all in my head. Like it's, it, it's not like reality. It's just me wanting to still feel that like connection and still feel that love. And I feel like that is like a really unhealthy habit that is part of in your moving on process. It's like really important to let go of that need to be thought of or loved or like that need for attention or whatever you're holding on to that like that relationship gave you that felt good. It's okay to not have that for a while. And it's okay to just like be with yourself and keep moving forward in that way. And I feel like it just takes you remember, like remembering that, reminding yourself if you're about to like text someone that you know you shouldn't be texting. Think about why you're doing it. Are you doing it because you want them to be thinking about you? That's probably the wrong reason to be doing it. 
and maybe you should put the phone down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's, and that's not an embarrassing thing to say. I think a lot of the times we want, because that, that person used to be a part of like your world, like no doubt, right? And I think when that's all of a sudden over, it's like a weird process how someone, like even the process of breaking up or like being in romantic relationships with people and multiple romantic relationships sometimes and then it ends and then you meet someone new and then it ends. Like it's such a wild concept how like it's truly when you turn from like lovers to strangers. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like this person is your world. Like they are, you're so close. Like you've, you're like, I've never been this close to anyone. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they don't exist. It's like they evaporated into thin air. Mm-hmm. It's so wild. It's so strange. That's the hard part about moving on is like, it's like there's a ghost in my life who is just like hanging around. And you know, it's like, that's just how romantic relationships work. It's like how often, even how we were saying, like mainly in a lot of queer relationships, you could still be friendly or on friendly terms with an ex or depending. I always also think like, depending on how deep it was, how deep did you guys go? I do think, I will put it out there. I'm not speaking for everyone. I do think it is possible to be good friends with an ex, even in a hetero relationship. I don't know. It all depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of times, I think people do find that really difficult, understandably, but it's just a reality. Like, it, and that sucks. That's mm. almost like a risk you reality take. Reality sucks. <laughs> it's a risk you take when you're getting into a relationship. But the best thing I find is that when you do finally move on, you can see, especially if the relationship wasn't very healthy or there was a lot of red flags, there was a lot of bad things happening it's guaranteed 100% when you finally do move on, you look back and you'll be like, oh my God. And that is a really refreshing feeling. Yeah. To be like, I understand why this ended and I'm I'm like, I accept that it did. Like when I was thinking of like what moving on means to me, the first thing that came to mind was acceptance. It's just like accepting that Everything that happened happened and it happened for a reason and now you're here and all of those things aligned for a reason. And then forgiving that person and forgiving yourself for whatever went wrong for it to end and all the little things in between that maybe hurt you or hurt them. Like once you can truly forgive both parties or however many parties are involved in the relationship, then I feel like that is a big key for me that I'm, I'm able to move on because nothing feels better than forgiving someone like or yourself like nothing feels better than just like letting that go and being like listen I forgive you everything you did it's okay but I ha- made the decision to not or you made the decision or whoever whatever mutually to not like Continue. allow ourselves to be subject to those mistakes that happen anymore, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like forgiveness is such a powerful tool. And then like acknowledging, like you said, the red flags is great. But I think also acknowledging the good things, like as you're forgiving someone and forgiving yourself, acknowledging all the good things about whatever the relationship was, no matter how long it was or how serious it was, like there were obviously amazing parts to it. Otherwise you wouldn't have been found yourself in that situation. And so like acknowledging all the good things that happened and making the moving on process a bit more positive. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. No, the moving on process doesn't always have to be like 
negative or you you have to like be mad or you need to do this like there are so many good things and you can be at peace with it and also be happy for those moments because that was like a part of your life with someone um Mm -hmm. but I do find I think sometimes it can be easier when when you have something to be like I'm just like at least for me this is me personally if I see myself moving on and I'm just like I'm learning and I'm growing and I like myself better as a person mm-hmm. after this. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it doesn't have to do with the person who I was involved with being bad or anything. It's more just like, I saw some things in that relationship that I was just like, okay, I don't know as much as there was good too. And then when I moved on from it, I can look back and be like, okay, that was a good learning experience. And then now I'm taking that and like going to move forward to my next venture yeah this is random but what what would you say to people who tend to move on by just like being with someone else I think that's okay I think that someone's that's sometimes that really works for people um I I would only say like be cautious of um rebounding because I think like that can be a very temporary high and Mm -hmm. you can almost be uh what you call it like replacing like that love and affection you weren't you're missing just with someone else and if it often if it happens really fast like I think sometimes it might be like are you are you fully over this other person like are you are you making sure um but I also think that tactic works for for some people so I don't want to speak for anyone because I don't want to judge you do you do whatever works for you and if it works for you in that way then amazing um I think personally for for me, I always had this thing where I feel like I do tend to get over a past person sometimes if I start to feel interest for someone else. I'm not trying to say that like it happens overnight. Like I'll be really into someone one night and then the next day be like into another person. Then Definitely I'm over the not. Next. Definitely not. No, no. Like that doesn't happen. But um, I've, definitely, wish. I've definitely been in situations though where like it's been easier for me to let go. Like let's say if I start actually being like, you know what? No, I'm into this girl. I want to go out with her and I want to try with her. Naturally, yeah. my feelings will start to fade away for the, pa- for, the, for the past person. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's like all relative. And if it could help you to put your focus on someone else, that's great. Just make sure you're not hurting the other person. And then it's all, it's all, uh, it's all golden. That's another good point. It's important to like evaluate ourselves at all times. Like, why are we doing a thing? Is, am I feeling good? Is the other person feeling good? Okay. Like just like little check marks, you know, as you're navigating your life and navigating relationships with other people, because man, we're all so fragile. (laughs) Like we are just walking around. We're all made of glass. We're all going to shatter at any moment. Yeah. And so we got to be careful how we treat people and how we like deal with our own shit and make sure that that doesn't affect anyone else either. That is such a good point because I feel like I've been in scenarios too where like the person I was with was like hurting in some way and didn't really communicate that to me. Um, not their fault. Mm. Like sometimes they probably didn't even know. But then it comes out later and I and then it's fine because I want them to be okay. But then later I'm like, ooh, but it just kind of sucked because like, I am also a person with feelings who kind of went through a lot of hurt because you were also dealing with something and I'm here for you. But that also like was hard for me too. So I think it's, I mean, bottom line is you never want to hurt.
hurt someone else because you still have some stuff you got to deal with. So I think like that can happen a lot when sometimes you move on from one relationship to the next, maybe fairly quickly. And then later it comes out like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Persis, or I'm sorry, Sarah, but I wasn't over my past or whatever, you know, like I'm still into my ex or something. Oh, man. Relationships are so hard. Yep, they are. But you know what? Like they're also beautiful, but like it kind of comes at the expense of like getting, you're going to get your heart broken. Yeah. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm totally cool with that trade-off. Like if it's, if I can experience love and the trade-off is I might get my heart broken, I've decided I'm cool with it because it's worth it. Otherwise, what the hell am I doing? Just wandering around this earth for my whole life, like not feeling love. No, thank you. That's not something I would like to partake in. I'm so okay with the trade-off too, but I'm going to be honest. Like I got to put it you out there right feel now. feel it more than I do. <laughs> but I got, I got to put it out there right now. I'm manifesting this. Like I've always been, girl. I've always been someone who says if the heartbreak comes, it comes. Cause I'd rather feel like I know that, but I think recently and over like a lot of my life, I've gone through a lot, a lot of sadness. So yeah, I think I like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Not like, I don't want to like try anymore. I'm just like, you don't want to be heartbroken anymore. No. So how, so what do you feel like, like, first of all, amen. Yeah, I agree. And second of all, what do you want like, what are you planning to do moving forward to, like, maybe avoid some of this heartbreak that you've experienced? Um, I really think uh, something I – I mean, listen, I, I can never, like – nothing's set in stone. Like, I can't be like, I won't get heartbroken, even if the person is, like, perfect on paper or something. You don't know. There's no way to avoid it, but I think there's certain things I can definitely start to look out for first that I've ignored in the past that hopefully will just like lead for um, less opportunity for heartbreak. And I think a lot of it is emotional availability is something like I've been having a hard time with sometimes with people I've dated in the past, like they weren't fully emotionally available for me. Sure. Maybe in, in other ways, but at the end of the day, I wanted something more and I kind of would ignore it because I'm such a person who goes off of like excitement and feeling and I just wouldn't care, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I don't want to do that anymore. I think I need to be pretty like, no, I know myself and I need to make sure like, no purses, like if you want to avoid heartbreak for real, like stick, stick to your guns and be and more take aware. the lessons you've learned, take the lessons you've learned. Yeah. Cause that's what all of these, all of these experiences that we have in our lives, there's lessons learned. And once you realize that and you do move on, you can just take all those lessons and apply them to the next thing. That's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. And I, I think I do I that with each. I don't want my baby to get heartbroken again. No, I don't want you to get heartbroken baby, again. Baby, no. It's not fun. Uh, let's just date each other. Like, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> I know, like, but we'll, we'll end up breaking each other's hearts. Honestly, true. We would. It would be real. It wouldn't be good. That's so true. I just want you to find, like, a nice girl. Go get married, have some babies. It's so funny too, because that's not even, it's not even top of mind for me to be like marriage and kids. Like I really just want to meet a girl who we can be like best friends, 
we can just have so much fun and we're, we're having a good time. (laughs) No, like, do you know what I mean? Just because. No, I totally know what you mean. I'm mainly giggling so much because I'm on my second glass of wine, but yeah, I totally know what you mean. I think that's where I'm at in my life. Like I'm 26 and yeah, truly I'm, I'm not, I think a lot of my friends, at least lately, I, maybe you can relate Sarah, cause maybe your friends have been saying this too. Marriage is on the mind. Nana is not for me. I just want to meet like a life partner and have fun. And if marriage comes along with it, cool, but not, not here. I just pointed the to my head. Thing is, yeah. She pointed to her head podcast. I, I actually kind of like forgot we were recording a podcast to be honest. Cause we're just like, so, so chatty about this just feels like we're like talking over wine. Yeah. But Sometimes these are the kind of conversations that are great to throw out there because like this is what people talk about in their in their friendship circles and it's so important to like talk to your friends about these kinds of things and how you're feeling. But funnily enough, my friends have I've noticed have actually been talking more about babies than they have been about weddings. Like I've noticed friends being just talking about how much they want them or how they would want them soon and I'm just sitting here like holy shit like is not even close to being on my radar but it definitely feels like it's on everyone everyone is looking to like move forward in a certain way that's how it feels and I don't know yeah are you I know but like what do you want right now um I definitely am not thinking about kids or marriage or anything like that I but I would love like one thing I think I've learned is I'm also quite monogamous and I really love just like building a connection and a relationship with someone. I love it. I think I'm actually quite good at it. And I just, I really, I really hate surface level and I really love going deep and like getting to know someone like on a level that other people don't get to see. And honestly, that's what I'm looking for. I think that's like what I want and not just in romantic relationships, but in all the relationships in my life. Like I really feel like I'm at a point in my life where I want to, as I'm moving on, to bring it back mm-hmm. to the topic of this episode, therapy as session. I'm like, as this therapy session that I needed, as I'm like moving forward and trying to move on from things in my past, I just feel like what's most important to me is like, building stronger relationships with the people in my life even the people who I feel like I have the strongest relationships with like going even deeper and like figuring out what like how to make that connection stronger and like how we can all benefit from it because I think that's the real joy of life and I want that in a romantic relationship as well I don't know I feel like a lot of people will go through a breakup and then be like I'm gonna be single for a while and like hook up with people and I just do not feel that way like I really feel almost like and maybe I'm still in the moving on process and by maybe I mean definitely Mm -hmm. but I think like I'm I would I love like being in a relationship Mm -hmm. and I would love to have that again yeah I think like if anyone's available and listening you know, you always shout me out for like single ladies who wants to date purse, but um, we do have a we hetero male audience. Out. Yeah, we have one guy who listens to us. Listen, if you are listening right now, hi, I'm available. Hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> I'm Sarah. I'm 27. I'm a copywriter. Um, I really love relationships. I want a deep connection. And someone who won't lie to me. 
No you shade, know, no tea. There's no, uh, that's not really a hard thing to ask, I hope, for the general. You would think. You really, you would think. You know what I mean? But anyway, I'm not here to air my dirty laundry. I'm here to talking about moving. I'm here to talk about I'm moving I'm here to on. talk about the moving on. <laughs> and listen, <laughs> this episode is a mishmash and I love it. Chris and I did a little wee bit of research as we do. And we wanted to look into like what the experts say about moving on. Um, and by experts, we really just mean people on the internet. Like, I mean, they really might not be experts in the least. But I found this link actually on Tony Robbins' website, <laughs> which I thought was so funny. But I actually got some value from it just in terms of like how to move on and what moving on means. But they had this list of all these signs that you haven't moved on yet. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I'm kind of struggling and I don't know, like, have I reached that threshold yet or am I still kind of like in the murky waters and haven't moved on? And this is the list they gave and I thought it was actually quite helpful for me. You're always wondering what could have been. You think, you think of the person constantly or at times when you'd rather not. You spend a lot of time reliving memories or looking them up on social media. You bring them up often when talking to friends. When you're feeling down, they're the first person you think to call. You make changes to your life or appearance to get them back. Oof. Oh. Oof. How guilty, sorry, how guilty can we be of like trying to look really good when you know they're going to be somewhere? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I oh, know. Oh my God, I can't even oh. count how many times I've done that. Oh Cannot even count. <sighs> it's, it's tough out there, guys. It's tough. Um... <laughs> And another sign that you might not have moved on yet is that you feel anxious or even angry when you see the person. I think anger is a big part of moving on. It's like the stages of grief, you know? Mm-hmm. Or the last sign is that you blame them or want to get revenge for, perce- for perceived slights. Oh, I've never, um, I've never gone that route of like revenge, but I have, I've done some like, I've done some like, weird stuff to like make someone jealous or like I remember posting an Instagram story once to make a girl jealous and it worked okay but I felt weird about it because I was like what was it what was it okay so it was right after we had ended things it was like this is this is not happening anymore we've talked about this woman on the pod her name's Regina Regina yes Regina so what I did was um this was the day after the day after we had a chat. No, it's not happening anymore. Done. Okay. Yeah. I, the next day posted a story of me with, I was at drinks with my friend, Jess, my best friend, Jessica Kohek. I took a photo, but I leaned it in a way. So like you could just see Jess's hand and her tattoo and her hair was like curled. And I put like a black and white filter and I was like, I think I wrote something like, um, (laughs) God, I'm literally dying. I think I wrote something like drinks with her or something. And I put like our and <laughs> hers is that is aggressive and I like it. I like your style. But I put the font like really tiny that I think anyone who would be just scrolling through my thing would have been like, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Regina saw the Instagram story and commented on it being like, looks fun. Where are you? And then it worked. It another worked. Time, I tried to do it was when we went to track and field, a bunch of us, 
-hmm. and I was putting oh, the moves man, on Regina. Track and field. I'm so sorry, but to our Toronto listeners, track and field used to be Persis and I's place. Like that was our bar. It closed down. We almost cried, and it's reopening, baby. And I don't live there anymore, but it's reopening this month okay go to track and field on college go it's a great bar okay persis sorry continue i had to give them a plug and they're not even sponsoring us but maybe they should maybe they will after this but um no yeah. i'll make this quick but this was just to go along with the idea of like trying to like get revenge or i don't know but i invited regina out as friends because <laughs> i tend <laughs> to do that um mm -hmm. out with my other friends when we all went to track and sarah mm. was like i remember sarah was not happy but i was like whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever you gotta do what you gotta do. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. I tried. So I got Camille to like, Camille, the room, my roommate, to the dance. <laughs> Sorry. That came out too fast of my mouth. Um, <laughs> um, our roommate, Sarah and I. Um, Camille. We, yes. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Because <laughs> we also, you also lived with her. So I shouldn't say my roommate, our roommate. Anyway. We're all dancing, having a time. I'm at first I was putting moves on Regina in the condo. But then nice. I was like, but then I was like, oh my God, don't. She she totally like was not being very nice to you. Like, why are you chasing her? So then mm. clicked into mm -hmm. my little drunk brain when we got to track. Of course. I'm gonna ask Camille to dance on me. Like, Camille. As you do. Be mm -hmm. my girl. Dance. Dance. Let's grind. Let's grind. Grand on me, like that Ooh. move. Mm. Mm. And did it work? It did because Regina pushed Camille. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? Regina went up, pushed Camille, and w went behind me. Okay, so it really worked. Camille and I talked about that like not long ago and she's like, like yeah. Hush, man. I mean, she, she Regina like, shoved her. Like she she went up and we were all like dancing and Camille was like on me and Regina actually like pushed Camille out of the way. Not like not like a aggressive push, but kind of like a I'm coming. It's my girl. Okay, but also no, it's not your girl because I'm not even going to get into it. No. But that's great advice. If you're looking to move on, just get your, get someone to dance up on you. Hopefully, like, places where you can dance open up so that we can put this into action. What else do the experts say about moving on? They say you need to rebuild your self-esteem. Figure out what gives you confidence and do it. For me, I feel really confident when I'm working out and it's not, it's honestly not anything about my body. It's about like, I genuinely feel different when I have exercised that day or when I am in a, in a flow of exercising and that's my personal little confidence boost and my endorphins run and I feel great. Mm -hmm. What about and you? Sarah's what been a workout baddie. Baddie. <laughs> she has been. You've been working out a lot or at least like on your Insta stories, you were posting a lot. I was, I was doing these workouts with this incredible trainer um, and then I moved away. So I'm not doing them with her anymore and I miss her. But I'm going to start doing some more here. So maybe I'll uh, be a baddie on my Instagram stories for you guys. On the beach too. Listen, if that's what you guys want, I'll do it. Just let me know. What makes you feel confident and gives you self-esteem? Oh, you know what, actually? It's when I actually um, really take the time to give myself self-care. I tend to sometimes, especially when I'm feeling upset, depressed, stressed, overwhelmed, I 
notice I don't eat a lot during the day or mm-hmm. I will, I will pick up like unhealthy habits. Like, and most of it is actually like with my diet. I, I remember there were many moments when I'm feeling anxious or sad. I'll be like, Oh God, I didn't really eat a lot today. And that's not good. Yeah. Um, so things that make me feel confident is doing my, like a morning walk. If I can do that, if I get that in the day, like a good like morning walk before I get on any calls or start a work day, yeah. I feel so good. Cause I used to be my commute to work every day. So sometimes I'm like, Oh, I should like start to do that. Literally like washing my face, even doing like my makeup before something like kind of getting ready for the day that actually gives me confidence, especially with working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a lot better instantly if I like prep myself. I'm the same way. I'm totally the same. I get it. I feel great. If I'm in like an outfit that I feel comfortable in that I think looks cute, if my like makeup is exactly how I like it and I don't really wear that that much makeup, but if I am like I like it, I like it a certain way and if my hair is feeling good, like if everything's feeling good and I'm feeling comfortable, mm, then I will be my most confident self. Mm -hmm. Me too. So focus on those things that make you feel um, confident. Even if you're just like getting ready for yourself, for no one, like just for yourself to go out for a walk, do it because you'll feel a lot better. Agreed. The experts also say to try new places. Yep. Um, I was reading up and they were saying like, do the things independently. Because I think sometimes we associate trying new restaurants or trying new bars or new coffee shops, sometimes with like a romantic interest, like let's try this new place together. Yeah. They're saying do it on your own or do it with your best friend. Like grab a friend. Yeah, totally. I think that's a great one. And it's so fun to try new places, especially when you're living in like a city. Avoid having a rebound. They say avoid having a rebound because I think to back up what we've been saying before, and I guess it's like the type of rebound. um, Sometimes I think most often than not, when you jump too fast, it's because you're like replacing something. I think it's good to kind of do the work and feel good about, I mean, this is common advice for anything, but you need to be good with yourself before you get Mm -hmm. into a relationship. Mm-hmm. You do. It's standard. Yeah, fully. And I feel like you just need to get over the initial like hump of feeling weird alone or feeling like something's wrong because you're alone. Like you just have to just hold on a little longer and get past that, you know? And then you can move forward into like loving yourself and being good with yourself and then finding someone based on that instead of just like relying on a rebound to make you feel not alone. Take a realistic walk down memory lane is another thing they say to do. I think it's really easy when you end something with someone to look back on it with rose-colored glasses. Before before those glasses come off, you're looking back and you're like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? Or was it so much better than I thought it was? Was I too hard on them? Or vice versa. Like, was there anything I could have done to make them see things differently or whatever? And I think, like, you have to be realistic. You have to take the rose-colored glasses off and just, like, be real with yourself. And it's going to hurt. It's really going to hurt. But you have to if you're going to move forward. The key word was realistic. Because I think if it's like, take a walk down memory lane, you'd be like, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm, no. Sure, no problem. Kind of exactly. Like, it ended Take for me a to a deeper hole. Yeah. <laughs> Do a social media detox. I love that one. Anything that's, that's to go back to the first point, anything that's messing with your self-esteem or your confidence on social media, get it out of there. Mute it. See you later. Um, let go of the idea of closure. That's I'm a sucker for that. Why are we always looking for closure? Who I, like came up with this? I feel like it messes with us a lot. 
we're like, I need closure. And it just takes us into like weird places we don't need to go in our mind. I always think I would do it as an excuse to kind of see someone again. Yeah. Me too. Totally. Like I would knew it as I was like going to get closure. Or we all knew it. About something. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I really just want to see them again. And you know what? That's okay. But I think it's good to recognize that. It's great to recognize that. And then the last thing is to hold on to the things that make you feel grounded. Persis, what makes you feel grounded in life? I don't want to sound cliche, but like myself and my family and my friends. It's not cliche. I just mean that like, I feel like especially like my family and my friends keep me grounded always or kind of remind me of what was good or what's good in my life. I have a tendency to look Mm -hmm. at all the bad sometimes, especially if I'm upset or I wouldn't say feel sorry for myself, but I always think of why is this going wrong again? Like what's wrong? What's wrong? But then sometimes I can also help myself feel a little grounded, especially when I have a bit more like self-love because I tend to sometimes be like, oh, Persis, did you do something wrong? Or did you say the wrong thing? Or did you do whatever? And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm me and I know where my heart is and I know I have a good heart. So I remind remind myself of that. And that kind of makes me feel at peace sometimes. Is there anything that like inspires you to remind yourself of that? Because I feel like that's a beautiful sentiment. And I think that sometimes it does just happen naturally. You just are in a headspace where you're like, able to remind yourself of that and feel good but is there anything that like tactical like practical that you do that puts you in a headspace where you're like I am me and I'm so fine with that and happy with that Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yes I actually think what I do do is like go out and get sun or like go for a walk on my own listen Mm -hmm. to some music those are like many of the times where I feel like I'm clearing out my head and I feel like so at peace truly I thought you were going to say go out and get drunk. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes a good night out, I'm not going to lie, like mm, is great. With your pals. Yeah. Good night out with your pals. That's also good. And like in a healthy way, right? You don't want to like binge drink and then like die and then maybe get like sad or something. But like. No, no, no. We're not actually suggesting that anyone like go out and get drunk. But go out and get some sun. That I can get on board with. I feel good when I do that. What makes you feel grounded when you get in trouble by your mommy? (laughs) (laughs) That took me a second to get. Um, Yeah, that definitely makes me feel like very grounded. Like I'm not allowed out. I'm very grounded. You know what? I might have to do some like reevaluation of what makes me feel grounded, honestly. Because I think in recent months, Things have changed in my life and my idea of – I haven't felt grounded in a, quite some time. And so I think I need to reevaluate like what makes me feel grounded and how I can ground myself because I feel like I'm floating around in the air. I'm just like a little little fairy floating and I got to figure Tinkerbell. out what, what grounds me. I'm Tinkerbell. I really got to like narrow in on what it is. Maybe I can help you. feel grounded. Yeah. Can you help? Yeah. Because, yeah, you did just make this move. Like, everyone knows this. Like, the podcast knows this. Sarah just moved. and No, everyone knows this. Her life has changed dramatically in, like, a month. Like, new location, new apartment, everything. Um, that I think it's very normal that you're feeling, like, maybe, like, 
your head's cut off. Cut off. Cut yeah. off. My <laughs> head's cut off. Yeah. <laughs> what? You know that saying where it's like I'm a chicken with my, chicken head, with cut my head cut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really feeling like my head's cut off. Um, and no, you know what? It's it's totally normal. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not feeling bad about it. Like I understand. Like life's a little weird right now, and that's totally fine. And I'm kind of floating around, but I think I need to get grounded again in what makes me grounded because right now I'm not totally sure. Um, but I do know once again, exercising makes me feel grounded taking time for myself and I think being around people I love makes you feel grounded as well. It gives me a lot of confidence being around the people I love. And reminds you that you are loved. Yeah. And we all need those reminders because sometimes we forget. It's we easy to forget. It's easy but to Percy, forget. Percy, you are loved. Sarah, you are loved. Listeners, you are whoever loved. you are, you are loved. Well, I feel like we actually did get into a lot with moving on and I hope like Oof, yeah. We talked a lot I think personally about our own experiences, but I think if anyone else has any tips, advice or if they want to also share their stories or need advice on moving on cuz yeah, I think this is a bit of a different topic for us. I feel like it feels more personal, especially for Sarah. I think like she's going through a really big transitional period right now um in terms of mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Hopefully, on happening over here. Yeah. So, um, we we just thought this would be a cool one to tackle. Yeah, this was really cool. I like talking about something that's a bit more like anecdotal. And I really, truly like. I did not. I was not joking when I said this at the beginning. Like, if you have tips or things that have helped you to move on, please do share them because I think we can both, person, I put them into action. And me, especially right now, um, I really need some some more yeah like tips and advice so if you guys have anything that has worked for you holler at your girl and right before we sign off and to do our in case you missed it, in a lighter note sarah and i did do an instagram live on our girl on girl instagram page yes we were celebrating coming out day the last episode if you guys listened to it was all about coming out um and it was posted on coming out day october 11th and we did an Instagram live to celebrate. Persis talked all about her coming out stories and what it was like to come out for her and how she and how it all went down. And then we just like did some ridiculous things. You got proposed to. Yeah, guys, I'm getting married. She's getting married to one of our one of our listeners, two of our listeners, three of our listeners. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Yeah, it's just like a big old group situation. It's like a throuple, but not like a throuple. It's like a what's more than that? Quadruple? Quadruple. What's more than that? Sanctuple? Yes. I just made that up. <laughs> what about a... Sanctuple? Cease. A cease. I think we're just speaking French now. Yeah, we are. Cease. Set. Wheat. No. Cease. Anyway, Persis is in like a relationship with 10 people and they're getting married and it's amazing. I'm so happy for them. And it was a fun, silly, amazing Instagram live. So if you guys are over on our Instagram page, you can watch it. We posted it. It's like an hour long. So enjoy. And we get into the history of coming out day. And we actually had a listener of ours share her story online for the first time talking about her sexuality on coming out day. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're so proud of her. She just went for it. She even like wrote a blog post and and posted it and talked like in depth about her sexuality and 
kind of like coming to terms with it and it was just incredible so congratulations to her and it was really cool to see like a listener of the show coming out publicly on coming out day yes so so proud and we're happy to see that growth with her and it takes a lot of courage to do that amen and like beyond yeah it's no small thing we just want to reiterate like it's just incredible and we're so proud of you listen i love you and you are doing such a good job at moving on no matter what the situation is you figure it out and you learn your lessons and you move forward and you're so strong and i'm so proud of you and just keep doing it because you're going to run into more situations where you're going to have to move on sorry to break it to you i know and i'm going to do great like you always have and i want to say the same thing to you actually the other day i was telling someone how i thought you were so strong thank you you're welcome i'm being honest i know you are yeah because mm-hmm. it's not easy to do what you did and it's not easy i might not mm-hmm. even hear this from the episode but i'm just saying it's not easy whatever to- keep it in you got, you know what you guys need to hear this not you guys easy. need to hear a person's complimenting me <laughs> i know i remove all the compliments i say <laughs> yeah you do i know i check the edits later i'm like where are the compliments <laughs> it's not easy to do what you do do <laughs> no it's not easy <laughs> It's not easy to do what you did to make a move to just basically start a whole new life, start a new chapter. And yeah, I, I just wanted to tell you, I think you're really strong and I only see like good things happening to you. Even if there's going to be some met with bad or whatever, you always know how to power through and get through it and just trust yourself and trust the process. That's good advice. Thank you, baby. You're welcome, baby. You're baby. This was a this was a therapy session that was very needed. So thank you. Of course. And if you guys are moving on from anything, holler at us and tell us about us. Tell yeah, us about us. <laughs> tell us about us. In case you missed it. In case you missed it, baby. Listen, this In Case You Missed It is actually quite a bit to unpack. So let's just dive right in, okay? Mm -hmm. Because we ain't joshing around. We ain't joshing. Percy is feeling a little tired. Sarah is feeling a little tips. And so we need to make sure we are just focusing on this In Case You Missed It because it's actually a very important one. And it's probably one that you have all heard about recently. Very recent news. Dave Chappelle's new stand-up on Netflix, The Closer. He released this stand-up. He is considered by most to be the best comedian of all time. Um, and his stand-ups, I don't know if you've ever watched One Purse. But, I have. Okay, yeah. They've always been pretty controversial. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot about the black community. He's been like a really prominent voice for the black community. But he talks a lot about the queer community. It's not just this stand-up, The Closer. It's a lot of his past ones like it's it's a really like it's strangely a really big topic for him not being a gay man in the special the closer he makes several transphobic remarks and like i said this isn't really anything new for him he talks about the lgbtqia plus community a lot in his stand-up it's a big part of his comedy and a lot of this special the closer specifically centers around him comparing black rights to queer or trans rights and almost pitting them up against each other. It's interesting, like he, 
I think, okay, listen, the first thing I'm going to say is I think Dave Chappelle is a a brilliant comedian. I think he has such a unique perspective and a way of talking about things happening in the world in a way that like makes sense to everyone, but maybe they didn't think of it in that exact in, in that exact way. I've always found that about his comedy. Like he says things in like a very distinct way. Mm-hmm. And so he has all these ways of like comparing black rights to queer rights and it's it's interesting that he makes all these comparisons and it I I watched a little bit of it and it definitely feels like not like they exist in the same world. It's like they're in competition with each other or something is the energy he gives off with these comparisons. One thing he's telling a story about this gay guy who is who is like starting to like start a fight with him and he's like, all right, I'm gonna like get in a fight with this gay guy. And then all of a sudden the gay guy who's white picks up his phone and starts calling the police. And the joke he makes is white gay people are minorities until they need to be white again. Mm. So he talks a lot about how like gay people are a minority and they have this movement and he respects that movement. And also like it's kind of down, it's, you know, black people still aren't respected the same way that queer people are. That's essentially the point he keeps making over and over and over. And that gay people can rely on their privilege, whereas black people can't. Um, so that's just a little bit of a background in case you guys haven't watched the special. There's been a ton of criticism. I'm sure that that a lot of you have seen it on social media or in the news um, about this special. And I actually found um, a bunch of information about it. Netflix's co-chief executive, Ted Sarandos, sent a memo to employees defending Dave Chappelle. And here's what his memo said. Several of you have also asked where we draw the line on hate. We don't allow titles on Netflix that are designed to incite hate or violence, and we don't believe the closer crosses that line. I recognize, however, that distinguishing between commentary and harm is hard, especially with stand-up comedy, which exists to push boundaries. Some people find the art of stand-up to be be mean-spirited, but our members really enjoy it, and it's an important part of our content offering. Um, And he also said that Netflix's longstanding deal with Mr. Chappelle, um, including his 2019 special Sticks and Stones, which was like a huge success. Everyone really like loved Sticks and Stones, was also controversial and was our most watched, stickiest and most award winning stand up special to date. So essentially, Netflix is defending their choice to put out the special. People like queer activists all over, um, especially trans activists, have come out criticizing him for a lot of the stuff he says he's he's talked a lot about the trans community in his stand-up and saying that it's really just hate and it's not a helpful conversation that he is creating with his stand-up another thing i found a netflix employee tara field she's a trans uh, a trans woman is one of three people who worked at Netflix, who were suspended after a series of tweets that Tara wrote criticizing the special. Now, Netflix Netflix claims that this wasn't, her being suspended was not associated with the tweets at all. Apparently, it was something that she did, she like attended a virtual business meeting with some top executives that she wasn't invited to. Like, I think she like snuck into a meeting she wasn't supposed to be in or something. But regardless, it's a really bad look. Essentially, this trans employee at Netflix tweets about how, like criticizing this special and saying that it's um, harmful to the trans community and then she gets suspended from Netflix. 
Yeah, it's it's weird timing as well. Weird, right? Yeah. I, like, I'm not saying like what the truth is or anything. I'm just saying like, that's a bad look. Anyway, some other stuff I found. This is like really unraveling. Jacqueline Moore, who is one of the executive producers of the Netflix series, Dear White People, um, said that she would not work with Netflix as long as they continue to put out and profit from blatantly and dangerously transphobic content. So not only are like activists speaking out, but content creators who work with Netflix directly are speaking out and kind of boycotting and saying like- Boycotting Netflix now. Yeah. And I don't know, like I I feel like there's some other stuff I found, but I kind of want to stop there for a sec and just kind of like talk about this. And I know that you haven't watched the special yet, right? No, I haven't seen it. And I haven't seen the whole thing. I've only seen a few chunks. And the chunks I have seen, every single one he was talking about the queer community, like it seems to be pretty much like the main focus of his stand-up. And I just would love to get your thoughts on, regardless of what the actual context was, like how you feel about this controversy. This happens a lot with comedy and stand-up. And a lot of people feel like the art of stand-up is just going downhill because I'm putting this in air quotes. Everyone takes things so seriously, um, which is a complex thing. And and we could go on for like two episodes about that. But a lot of people feel like people don't get stand-up and what it's trying to do. And it's actually trying to make start a commentary about something and not spread hate. And I think it's just like always a really interesting debate. Yeah, it's an interesting debate because I'm also like a fan of Dave Chappelle. Like, I've also find his work very funny. I've never had a problem with him per se. And exactly like I think a lot of people know, he is a controversial person. Um, Very, yeah. That's not a surprise, but it's hard because I haven't seen the special. I almost wish I like watched it and then I feel like I'd have a little bit more to say about how I feel about this specifically because I kind of want to see like, how the jokes are being handled or how he's addressing it because I think there is a line no matter what. I think there has to be a healthy balance because I do agree that the art of stand-up especially is like a little bit, it's it's a little bit risky or it's dry. And you know mm-hmm. what? I think a lot of people can have a sense of humor when it comes to things like that. But I think when it comes to anything homophobic, transphobic, racist, you have to be you have to be careful because it's like people's people's lives have been at risk because of this Mm -hmm. and people still struggle um, with all these oppressive views that are still happening in the world to this day that I think that I don't, I don't disagree with the, the people who are upset with this special or especially um, I didn't see the tweets that Tara Field wrote, but being a trans Netflix employee was obviously very affected by this as a trans woman that I choose to see her side because she's the one who's, living through it and was affected by it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the activists who was speaking out about this actually named um, a handful of trans people who have died this year. And the, the point that they were making was like, this isn't about having our feelings hurt. This is about like life and death. And yes, comedy is an art form, this is this is this person's point of view. Yes, this comedy is an art form and it's a very specific thing. And yes, it's supposed to be controversial and it's supposed to make you think. It's also on such a large scale. Dave Chappelle is the most popular comedian in the world. It's a Netflix special available to millions and millions of people. 
that rhetoric, it gets ingrained in us when we watch something like that. And it, it obviously, quite obviously, can continue to spew hate. Like it's a very simple connection you can make in your mind between this special and someone hating trans people and trans deaths. Like we have talked about how trans people still aren't treated correctly, um, not even close. They're maybe one of the most marginalized parts of the queer community. I would say the most, I think. Yeah. And I think for sure. I agree with you. Like I am in no position to say that any one side is incorrect about their point of view, especially the trans side, because they are the ones living it and they have to deal with the type of hate that gets created from these types of ideas. But there is, I have to be honest, there is a part of me that just wants to have this conversation with with you and with other people of like where where does censorship come in and like where is it crossing the line to censor someone in their art form and is canceling helpful or is it hurtful like I just think these are really complex topics and they're so fascinating and it's like way too much for us to unpack in like one in case you missed it segment yeah I think the main problem people were having with this particular special is, like I said earlier, he was pitting black rights, the black movement up against the queer movement in a way that felt like they were in competition with each other, when in reality, they're both minority groups that that should be supporting each other. And that felt weird. I watched maybe about like 20 minutes of it. His jokes, like his delivery was also just classic Dave Chappelle, like pretty brilliant. Like it made me think, it made me laugh. Not everything. And there were parts in the special where there was one part where he was making a joke specifically about trans people and it zoomed in on a few people in the audience and they were stone faced and everyone around them was laughing and they were stone faced and you could tell they were deeply offended by whatever he was saying. Mm -hmm. And so... I don't know. It's just interesting how someone can make you laugh and also make you feel like this is wrong. Yeah. And also make you feel like maybe is this a conversation we should have? It's like so many things wrapped into one. Well, I don't agree with cancel culture ever. I've never liked, I've never liked the idea of canceling someone or because I think there's always room for conversation to help someone learn that's that's how I feel. Do, I don't know. Has Dave has Dave said anything? Yeah, he went to an event like the like a few days after the controversy started, and he like made a speech or something. I, I might be I might be like kind of ad libbing these details, and he essentially was like joking about like, oh, this is this is what canceling is. This is what being canceled feels like. I kind of like it, and was like making these jokes, and everyone was laughing. So he's he's definitely taking it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. Something else interesting I found just on the topic of like cancel culture and people learning and people growing is that um, at the end of the special, Chappelle talks about his friendship with a comedian named Daphne Dorman, who's a trans woman who actually committed suicide in October of 2019. And he shares a story of a show where Dorman opened for him and the two had a back and forth exchange during the set. And he recalled that at the end of the show, he said, Daphne, that was fun. I love you to death, but I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And she looks at me like I'm not her friend anymore, like I'm something bigger than me, like I'm the whole world in a guy. And she said, I don't need you to understand me. I just need you to believe that I'm having a human experience. And that's how he ended his set. 
And I guess um, Daphne Dorman's family has actually um, offered a lot of support for Chappelle in the wake of all this backlash, and they've called him an LGBTQ ally, and they said that he actually set up a college fund for Dorman's daughter, and all this stuff, which, like, I... I don't doubt that. Like, I think I'm sure he has been an ally to to many people in the queer community in his personal life or more. But I read a few things where people were upset with how he ended with this story of this trans woman, this tragic story, and like used it as like a nice little bow, like Mm. a nice bow and a bookend to his special that had essentially dragged trans people for for an hour and a half yeah Um, and that's complicated too I thought I thought all of that was really interesting like he had this trans person in his life who was a great friend whose family is in support of Dave Chappelle but he's still writing this kind of stand-up that to me doesn't seem like it's it's helpful it's not like perpetuating helpful conversations. Or maybe it is because we're having this conversation. I think it's opening up. and But the thing is, is that like, I don't know. It's obviously being met with a lot more like not positive conversations. Like, yes, we're, we're, we're opening up and trying to like maybe understand where he's coming from, that maybe he's not coming from hate. And also it's a part of his art to do this. But yeah, I find that pretty interesting that that would have been the conclusion to a show. But to be honest, all I really have to say is like, I'm really curious to watch it. And I just Mm -hmm. really want to see how I feel. Yeah. After. Yeah, totally. And I think as a queer person, I'm, I would love to hear how you feel after maybe on our next episode, we can just like do a little check-in after we've both watched the whole thing. Cause we really just wanted to talk about this as it was happening so that we could kind of get, get in the conversation and see how we felt as it unraveled. But maybe next episode, let's like check in and see how we felt. Because I would love to see how you felt as a queer person watching it. Because from the 20 minutes I watched, all of it was about queer people. It was really interesting for some for a comedian who's not queer to be totally. talking about the queer community so much. Totally. And also I find that like a huge emphasis in the queer community as well is especially actually like Black trans lives. Yeah. Right? And like how important it is to express that like, those lives are the ones that matter. Like they're the top group that's essentially getting murdered when it comes to trans lives, right? So it's interesting to see, like I said, I haven't seen it, but from what I'm hearing, Dave like pitting black lives and the queer community like against each other when really it's like, it can be intertwined as well. And if anything, they should be supporting each other as minority groups. Yeah. And I would love to talk to a comedian about like their thoughts on talking about these types of things in a way that's productive, but still funny and still like making a, like comments that are rooted in reality and in how the ways people actually think, you know? I just think it's really interesting when these types of things come out of art because art is subjective and art belongs to the artist but it can change everything. It can impact everything. This is really fascinating. And also, there, <laughs> thank you for doing all this research into 
It was, oh my God, so, missed it. so interesting. I loved it. And I can't wait for us to watch it. And so next time, guys, we'll talk a little bit more about what we thought. Yeah. Um, but we would love to hear your thoughts. And I just want to be super clear. Like I, I, we, of course, here at Girl on Girl, we support trans rights. We support any, any subset of the queer community. And we're here for you. And we want to listen and we want to learn. So if there's anyone out there who has their own thoughts about this, um, especially if you are part of the trans community or know someone in the trans community, um, we would love to hear your thoughts and, and how you think we could like move forward from this type of thing and spin it into something more positive than it's been. Wow. No, I'm, I'm honestly think I'm going to watch it before I go to bed. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to put it on. And you might watch it tonight. I know. We, I, I was going to say we could text each other during it, but I feel like I'll be asleep. Sleepy girl. Yeah, because Sleepy you'll watch it later baby. than me. Thank you for talking about all of this with me. Thank you for talking about moving on. Thank you for being my therapist. I love you so much and I miss you. I love you and, and I, I miss you. I can't wait to give you a hug. Two months. Two months, I'm going to hug you. Yes. I never let go. Don't let go of me ever. 